Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. By having a kid, maybe am I going against my own idea of what it means to be gay like i think i'd be a really 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 good dad my my mom one of her fears when i came out was oh my god i'm not gonna have grandkids but i'm slowly but surely seeing the incredible benefit and gift that it is to be an adoptive parent um and how gorgeous that is So welcome to Some Families, the LGBTQ plus parenting podcast where we're going to deep dive into all things parenting, whether your kid has two mums, two dads or any other combination you can think of. I'm Sue Oakley. And I am Lottie Jeffs. So we're going to find out what's new. Mm. So what's happened parenting. this week. Yes. Yeah. So I recently found myself on a country retreat with the presenter author and YouTube megastar Riyadh Khalif, who's an incredible gay, um, young yes, gay know, icon. Amazing. Of course you know who he is. He's um, fabulous. I was about 13, 14, and that's when I started to see myself looking at the other boys in, in my uh, class and thinking, oh God, oh God, what is going on? I'm not meant to feel this way about other guys. I'm meant to be attracted to girls, but I wasn't. Oh, it was just the two of you on this amazing country retreat. It's a long story, but it was me and a load of millennial influencers in a country house in Kent for four days. Um, Thank you, BBC. Um, This is new BBC reality show. Yeah, I I honestly (laughs) thought I was being like properly Truman showed the whole time because... um, yeah, it was very funny, but he, we really um, bonded. We were the two gay people on the trip, and um, we were speaking a lot. And I thought, oh, actually, even though he's not a gay parent, he's you know young, he's in a new relationship, yeah. he's just not at that stage of his life. I'd be really interested to talk to him about his perception of potentially becoming a parent yeah. one day, um, because he told me that he loves, loves, loves his cat. And it was so sweet the way he was talking about his cat. And um, he was saying, actually, you know, recently he has started to consider the possibility that he would like to be a father yeah. in a way that he had never previously talked about um, or thought about. So Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think people scoff sometimes at pets as being... But I think for I think for, for LGBT people, I think actually... And actually, God, actually, not LGBT people, but people in general... Yeah. Like, pets are the first, like, can you care for something? Yeah. When we went through the adoption process, actually, the fact that we had two dogs was ma- went massively in really? our favour. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to L.A., but in L.A., like, 
tiny dogs are definite surrogate children for yeah. the gay community. Like, so many gay men love their dogs. And my older f- females as well. And older females. But my friend in LA who... Um, <laughs> my friend in LA who's dating says that guys in LA call themselves on um, Grindr and other dating apps. They call themselves, like, dog daddies or daddy to two dogs you know it's like a defining it's a thing. thing they are their yeah. children well let's hear yeah. from uh Ria and his cat so i'm um a broadcaster i've done some documentaries with bbc3 i make my own documentaries on youtube um i do a couple of podcasts for bbc radio one uh, mainly about sex and relationships and um sort of unusual fetishes so not very BBC-ish. Um, and I just wrote a book called Yeah, You're Gay, Now What? A Gay Boy's Guide to Life. And it is exactly what it says it is. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And so you're how old? 30? 28. Oh, God, sorry. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> you look fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. You look 28. <laughs> oh, you just come across as so mature. I was like, maybe oh. you're 30. But so I ask you that because um, I'm interested in your parenting journey. And mm. so um, I wonder if it's something at your age you've started thinking about already mm. or if it's something you're thinking, oh, when I'm 30, I'll, I'll yeah. start thinking about it then. Um, yeah, no, it's always been on my mind since day one, actually. Like, and, and I mean, like, since childhood. Really? Am I going to have a child? And I think that's because I, I grew up with um, a parenting structure that was incredibly warm and loving and joy-filled. Mm. And then it kind of it kind of teetered off and, and was awful during the coming out process and then came back up, up the other end um even better than it was before so I always have looked at my parents and admired their level of love and friendship for me mm. and with me and wanted to kind of emulate that and copy it in a way yeah but I've always been like it'll happen down the line it'll happen down the line and then as the years have sort of fallen away and and I've sort of um I've gotten a flat that I like I've mm become financially stable and sustainable on my own without any help um and sort of looking at the bigger pillars of one's life beyond saturday night beyond you know mm. i'm gonna get that bag uh, i am starting to think about it more seriously i don't think it's in my near future yeah but i you know i'm i feel like each year i'm doing one thing that kind of makes me more parent worthy if that makes sense and have you ever felt or did you feel growing up that you wanted to be a parent but you felt that because you were a gay man it just wasn't going to happen for you or have you always felt like it's a possibility yeah um I've I did feel like my journey was definitely going to be harder and that maybe maybe I'm just not destined to have a kid and actually my hypothesis as to even why gay people exist comes down to population control you know I believe that it's a it's a genetic uh, not flaw not mutation but um um genetic sort of trick that uh has been bred into people like you and I mm. to probably you know save the world I think that's our purpose that's a really interesting perspective yeah. on gay parenting yeah now. so I I kind of think that by having a kid maybe am I going against my own idea of what it means to be gay purpose. yeah but I think um I think I'm willing to kind of throw that away because I, I think I'd be a really 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 good dad and I when think I think so about too. it I get a warm feeling in my belly I don't have what I did have which is panic yeah and that has come from finding a partner who I think could 
be a dad with me mm -hmm. and be an amazing, loving father. And hilariously, recently getting a cat. Oh, yeah, your cat. <laughs> yeah, so Claire, the cat, has, yeah. has sort of really trained me the really basic level of selflessness mm -hmm. and putting everything into this being and, and trying to make everything as happy and, and comfortable and good for them beyond yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And not you were telling me yesterday about when your cat was ill and sort of not mm. minding because... No, I kind of got off on the fact that she was sick. You were caring for her. Yeah, like, oh, this is my job. Yeah. This is my calling. I am going to make this cat not have diarrhoea anymore. And welcome to being a parent. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, beyond having another cat, mm. if you were actually thinking about having a child, what do you think are your options available to you? So as someone who hasn't done research on it, yeah. just as friends who've kind of gone down that journey um fostering mm -hmm. adoption mm -hmm. um surrogacy yeah um and i don't know which one is right for me yet but it, it actually comes up in conversation more times than you might believe in with friends or with your partner, with my partner. yeah because we you know i think i had a very differing view to him up until recently i was all about bio biological babies because you were interested to see your own genes yes. carried on in someone else. Yes, and, and my legacy. Yeah. And my name and my mm -hmm. this and my... Like, quite selfish things, actually. Quite yeah, ego-driven you... things. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it actually comes down a lot to being a man. Mm. And this is sort of bred into me from, I don't know, society telly parents. So, but I'm slowly but surely seeing the incredible benefit and gift that it is to be an adoptive parent um, and how gorgeous that is. Mm. So I'm not opposed to it as I was before. Yeah, I mean, think how much you love your cat, how mm -hmm. easy it is to love something yeah. that you care for, you know. And she is essentially an adopted child. Yeah. You know, I did not produce her. Yeah. So did your boyfriend sort of steer you then to think more about like less ego, more how could this be something that we... We give, give a gift to, yeah. a, to a child who needs it. Yeah. Yes. So my boyfriend had a boyfriend before me who was adopted. Right. And had quite a traumatic journey. Uh, I've never met the guy. I've just heard all about it. And um, when Josh even just speaks about his adoptive mother, his ex's adoptive mother, and um, at the trauma that he went through with his biological parents, it, he, he gets emotional instantly. It's quick. Mm. And he understands it better than I do the process and why it's great mm. so I don't know maybe maybe we'll we'll go and and um try and adopt a child and then maybe try mm. and um have one biologically but yeah. the other side of it is who's gonna be the biological parent and Another I don't want question I don't want that to cause a rift yeah. or you know to cause confusion yeah. Well, it's good that you're having these conversations now because they're, they're such long conversations. Like when me and my wife started thinking about having a baby, you know, it starts with a conversation over dinner and it's almost like a bit of a joke. And then you sort of say like a week later, oh, about that thing we were talking about. And then the conversation develops. And before you know it, you're at that moment of like, should we actually do this? Mm. And that's a, a scary moment. But Are you asked regularly, so who's the biological parent? And how does that make you feel and yeah. how do you respond? It's, I think it's quite obvious who the biological parent is with our daughter because although we tried to choose a donor who had um, dark complexion like me, 
um, my wife is very fair and our daughter is very fair. So, and she just really looks like my wife, which is so lovely, <laughs> That's lovely. and like really wonderful. And I'm really, really happy she does look like her. But I think it's quite clear. Um, do people ask? I've had people. I've I've had it where I've said, um, "Oh, I've I've got a young baby," and people have said to me, "God, your figure! You've really bounced back." And I really like to just sort of carry on with that for a bit mm. and just be like, "Yes, I yeah. know." And then I'll just drop it in and be like, "Oh, actually, I didn't physically give birth." To her, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But some people can be. I think if the conversation came up when my daughter was old enough to engage with what people were asking which is essentially which one of these women's your real mum. Mm. I think I'd have a real problem with that more because that's putting her in a situation of feeling yeah. like one of us isn't as yeah. real a mother to her as the other. Yeah. So I think that's something I'm really going to be conscious of as she as she gets older. Yeah, but interestingly about your parents, you your parents are, are sort of so much a part of your narrative and your videos and mm. um, the story that you tell about yourself and you talk quite openly about your dad's um, issues with your coming out. Um, how do you think they'd feel about you having children? They'd love it. Really? My parents are so designed to be grandparents, like it's in them. And um, my my mom, one of her fears when I came out was, oh my God, I'm not going to have grandkids. And then she was like, no, I don't care. Are you, Riyadh, you get a dog. Honestly, that's what you're designed to have. And then as time has gone on and she's seen that I've turned from quite a selfish 20 something year old who was just out to chase a dream and a career mm -hmm. to someone who is softer now and shares life experiences and I take them away on holiday if I can and you know she started to see that there's a paternal gene in me that's beginning to blossom and you know I facetimed her the other day um with Claire uh, walking around me and on my neck and around, you know and I was getting emotional just talking about my love that I have for this furball. And I could see the glint in her eye down the FaceTime mm. camera that she knew I'm going to have a grandkid one day. Yeah. I think now that I'm actually talking about it with you, it just I don't think I have any option but, but to have a kid. Mm. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So, do you feel like you're ready to become a dad anytime soon? Um, no, not anytime soon. I think it's probably, it's probably maybe eight to ten years out. So why do you say that so confidently that you know you're not ready now? Well, I just look at me f- even five years ago versus me now, or even me a year ago. I've become more dad material with each year that goes on. Mm. And I don't want to be premature about it and jump into something that early, but also for selfish reasons. You know, mm-hmm. I think... I, I've got so many things that I want to experience without the responsibility that comes with having a human, a small, tiny human. Because, you know, there are, you know, I guess stereotypically youthful or gay things that I still want to do. I still want to go to, you know, big nights out with my fella and I want to travel loads mm-hmm. with them to places that might not be suitable for a kid. And I think that, and also for me to teach the human, um, worldly experiences I've got to live them I've got to make more mistakes mm. and um, you know sort of live more life mm. it's so interesting to me talking to gay people thinking about having families because we put all of this thought into it you know mm. and we, you have the option for it to be a choice especially men that don't have the extra pressure of like a biological ticking clock yes. To be able to think, like, I'm going to do this at the perfect time for me. Yes. I wonder, though, what it feels like if you do then think, oh, well, I've decided that I'm going to do it now, therefore it's going to happen. And it's not always that easy. No. Um, so how do you think you'd cope if you had decided to, yep, now's the time for me and my partner to do this, and then maybe it wasn't quite as easy as you thought? I think it'd be really difficult because, I'm, as a person, I'm very, very, very impatient. With everything, work, personal life, things that I want to physically own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want them now. And you know that from the last few days of us being together, a lot mm-hmm. of my frustrations have been, why don't I have the next big TV talk show right now? Um, but th- that will come in time. Um, so, but I, I am very aware that this is not a commodity and not an item that mm. I will have and then I will replace and or I, I then won't have, I can sell. Mm. This is a forever thing. And that's, kind of the reason why you're doing it and I do think you have to relinquish some of that control that I wonder if something about being gay makes you more likely to be a control freak in the sense that you are kind of in charge of your own narrative and you're so conscious of telling your story in the way you want to tell it Mm -hmm. and it's important for us to have that sense of control Mm -hmm. over our lives because otherwise other people will take our thing and turn it into something or get us wrong so then having a family having a child it it forces you to drop that and you can't you can't control it yeah and because that really resonates a lot the control thing obsession with control in gay men in general is an an epidemic Mm. you know because it starts with 
you know, trying to control your secret, control your voice, control your mannerisms um, and control society and keep the secret at bay. Um, and then it sort of manifests and, and morphs into other darker and more undercover subconscious things after coming out. Because now the thing that you're trying to control is you don't need to control anymore because it's just a gorgeous thing that the world accepts at large. But then you want to control your because you get you get addicted to the feeling, the, the, the rewarding feeling of knowing that you've managed to control the thing. Mm. And when when you don't need to do it anymore, it takes a new a new spot right, in you your need life. To find another outlet because you get comfort that. in the control. Yeah. yeah, and it is in that book that I, I I spoke to you briefly about, which is called The Velvet Rage, and and that book breaks the the gay male life into three stages. It is that kind of shame and hating your secret. Then you come out and you kind of love your secret. You love yourself, but you still have all these hang ups. Mm. And then finally, in stage three, you begin to live and love yourself and let go of the shackles that you've mm. had. And, and you know, control is a big shackle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even you, a, a lesbian mother, mm. um, I could see you over the last couple of days battle with your own need to control things. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, that is how I have learned how to just give up trying to be the sort of ringmaster of things because like when you've got a toddler you think your day is going to be one thing mm. and then it's just not and if you fought against that you would just be so like desperately unhappy and frustrated the entire time you just have to learn to go with it so it's so interesting for me to hear you talk about those three stages with gay men um i think that it does resonate for lesbians as well but i just think there's culturally less pressure maybe mm. Um, well, because it's because masculinity is so highly prized. Absolutely. And in gay men, where it might not be as evident or it might present in a different way, mm. you kind of got to make it up in other places. Mm. So I might not have the masculine voice or the masculine interests, but by God, am I going to have an Adonis body? So it's kind of fur coat, no knickers. Yeah. You know, it's like outwardly, this is what you'll think I am, but inwardly, I'm yeah. still this lost still kind of closeted young boy who doesn't really know who he is yeah and we're sort of at the vanguard with gay parenting of this being something now that gay men can factor into their ideas about their future Mm -hmm. um and thinking about kind of getting to that place where you're ready for it and you're up for it and you're up for bringing that element of absolute chaos and um Mm. having to relinquish control into your life i think we're gonna have to get to a point of feeling quite evolved yeah. For that to be something that naturally. Yeah, I mean, I I know I have my demons and my issues that come from my, my past and my upbringing. But I think because I've got such love and support with my parents and I, I have them as great examples, I've been able to kind of look inward and really heavily work on myself mm. rather than coast. Coasting isn't going to get you anywhere. And I'm doing that in, in my mid to late 20s now has allowed me to kind of surprise myself, like I said, for for what's to come down Mm. the line and not to put any expectation on myself. If I still have these demons in five years, then fine, let's continue working. But it's about this whole, you know, this movement of um, meditation and... Mindfulness. Mindfulness. If If you're not enjoying the thing that you're doing right now and the journey to the whatever the destination is, then what the hell are you, what's the point in it all? And I think everything you've just said is exactly what will make you an amazing 
parent one day if you choose to go Hopefully. down that route. So, yeah, thank you so much. No problem. And, yeah, and I'll bring my baby on yeah, to your we'll podcast come, when they exist. Yeah, we'll come with you in a decade yeah. and meet the family. All thank right. you for having thank me. Thank you, Riyad. So, Stu, were you a bit jealous that I got to interview Riyad Khalif? Because he's so gorgy and also... Yeah, very. Sorry. I was very upset about that. He's such a brilliant role model for young he's gay, amazing. gay people, he's and amazing. his YouTube channel is incredible. Yeah, but I think the journey he's been on now and who he's kind of become and wanting to be is really impressive. Yeah. And I think he's a very he's he's very inspirational to to the younger generation. Don't you wish there him. were people like him around when oh, we were younger? Oh, God, yes. How old are you? But that's the beauty of... If you don't mind me asking. <sighs> Sorry, I know. How old are you? Are we I the same? am 34. Okay, I'm 37. Okay. So, so yeah, when there we weren't... were younger, yeah, there wasn't... I mean, who was there? There wasn't. There was... I mean, they were all... I mean, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, that's another topic. Role anyway, I mean, Riyadh. Who we go out into, but... We're pleased Riyadh. that Riyadh exists. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think for his younger generation, I think... His his younger generation, but for the younger generation that are looking up to mm. him, he is. It's just great to have those kind of roles, especially from his background. And he talks a lot about control, mm -hmm. and and I think that sums up the queer life as well of mm. how different people have different views. Yeah. But for me, I I didn't have those issues with control. Really, I was because I've never I've never come out ever. Really? I've never hid myself. I've never had to do that. I've never... I am so gay that... <laughs> I didn't even need to say I was gay. <laughs> I just never did. I never came out to my mum. I never so came out to people at school. I've never come out to people so at wait, work. So wait, but... Okay. Did you just... I just... Introduce I just, your boyfriend for the first time? That's exactly how you could say I came out to my mum. Yeah. I brought John, who's my husband now, home... When we first started dating, my mum. You were how old? Uh, twenty-one. Twenty-one when I met John, but yeah, mm -hmm. I was, it must have. It was only a few months in that I introduced him to my mum, and it was she phoned me up. I was living in Hove at the time. She phoned me up. She lived down the road in Shoreham. She phoned me up and said, "Could you want to come round? Your aunt is round this weekend." I said, "Sure." But I've got uh, John with me, who's been saying I've got weekend. a John. Just a John. <laughs> I just said John. And she was like, bring him. And I was like, okay. Got in the car, went over to mum's, knocked on the door, opened the door. She welcomed him with open arms and then just said to me, she was like, where's your washing? And I said, oh, I didn't bring it. And and she said, oh, don't start a relationship like this, John. He better not be doing it around yours or making you do it. Like, she just, she just said it immediately. And nice. that was... That's wasn't so my nice. coming out moment, but it kind of oh, was my coming out moment. such a relief because it, isn't it? Doesn't it suck having to be like, Mom, yeah. Dad, I'm gay? Well, I wouldn't know because like I such didn't an awkward do that. thing. Did you? Do you? Have yeah, that? I kind of did, and I wish that I didn't. It would have just been. I think my mum, my parents would have been probably exactly the same. It's like yeah. straight people don't have to do that. No, why do we? But do you think? And this is, you know. To bring it back to why we're here, Lottie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were getting queer a bit parenting. Off that you know, we can yes, go into bring a, it back, a bring wide it back. LGBT area. Yes. There. But do you ever think that um, that as gay parents, as lesbian parents, that your daughter will ever have to come out to you? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'd like to think that we're emotionally intelligent or... enough 
and aware enough to be able to pick up on it either way. I think it's probably more likely that we would think that we knew and she would surprise us or we would have got it completely wrong because kids are always surprising you, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was um, a very interesting conversation with Riyadh and I think mm -hmm. really made me aware of the generational differences. Absolutely. Um, but I and think... the control thing. Sorry. No, go, go on. Right story. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I Bring it back. Spun Bring it, it back. And threw it off into my own coming out story. I was like, Riyadh, not stealing this away yes, from me. Back I'm going to have my own. But I never had to hide myself. I never, mm. I was just always me. And and I, uh, on my other flip side, I sometimes didn't like me, but it wasn't a control thing that I was trying to hide. So right. I think hearing his, him talking about control mm. and, and then obviously talking about how then you deal with that, because yes, as a parent, there is no control. No, and I think that it's really good that Riyadh is acknowledging that about himself. And I, I know a lot of gay men that do have those same issues. And I'm really heartened to hear that you didn't, because I'm sure there's a lot of people mm. that don't either. And that's great. But I do think like as gay parenting becomes more and more um, mainstream and just more and more gay people decide to have families, mm -hmm. that I think that will come up as an issue and certainly one that um, male couples are having to sort of grapple with themselves and think, well, if we are going to bring children into our relationship dynamic what is that going to do can we actually cope with the real life mess of having children in our lives mm -hmm. um, but i think we'll have to catch up with riyad in another few years when yes. he's yes. if he's had children yeah, and talked to got, him then he's got many years i'm like how old is he 20 yeah he's not even 30 oh so, god just know. yeah just enjoy your life exactly <laughs> enjoy your time enjoy it Help spread the word, leave us a review and tell your friends. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Send us your questions or tell us what you want to hear more of and you can find all our details in the show notes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.